Alhamdulillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina Wa min sayyati a'malina Man jahdihillahu falamudillala Man yudlil falahadiyala Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahidahu la sharikala وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم أما بعد. We continue with the explanation of the forty hadith of Imam An-Nawawi رحمه الله. In the last class, we left off with the narration where the Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم mentioned that he was commanded. Meaning by Allah to combat the people until they testify to La ilaha illallah. The scholars they mention that this testimony to La ilaha illallah is a testimony to the foundation of the deen which all prophets and messengers believed in and called to. As Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةِ الرَّسُولَ أَنِ اعْبُدُ اللَّهِ وَاجْتَنِبُ الطَّاقُوتِ And indeed we have sent in every nation a messenger proclaiming worship Allah and avoid the worship of the false deities. Also, Allah Azza wa Jal He mentions, "وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ مِنْ الرَّسُولِ إلَّا نُوحِي إلَيْهِ أَنَّهُ لَا إلَهَ إلَّا أَنَا فَعْبُدُونَ." And I have not sent from before you a messenger, except that we reveal to him that none has the right to be worshipped except for me. Therefore, worship me. The ulama, they mention that the term shahara, it entails three main meanings. The word shahara, it entails three main meanings. The first meaning is hudur. Meaning that when a person testifies to la ilaha illallah, then the person's heart is present. Meaning that it is as if the heart is actually witnessing what the person is testifying to verbally. Other scholars say what is intended by hudur is the certainty, the yaqeen, the certainty of the heart. That when a person is testifying to la ilaha illallah, he has yaqeen, he has certainty that what he's saying is the absolute truth. Also, there is the meaning of ilm. 
that a person knows that which he is saying and that he is not ignorant of that which he is testifying to and then you have i'lam to proclaim to inform and that the person is making like a declaration of la ilaha illallah Shaykh al-Islam, he mentions Al-Shahada la bud fiha Min ilm al-shahid Wa sidqihi wa bayani La yahsul maqsood al-shahada Illa bihadihi al-umur The testimony of faith It is a must That one has within it The knowledge of the one who is testifying And his truthfulness as well as bringing the clarity or clarifying and the intent of the shahada is not attained except with these affairs so these three matters are the pillars of the shahada so it is a must that when a person is testifying to la ilaha illallah that the person is testifying truthfully with knowledge proclaiming and declaring one's faith and having certainty regarding that which one is testifying to It is mentioned by Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah فَأَمَّا الشَّهَادَتَانِ إِذَا لَمْ يَتَكَلَّمْ بِهَا مَعَ الْقُدْرَةِ فَهُوَ كَافِرٌ بَاطِنًا وَظَاهِرًا عِنَّ السَّلَفِ الْأُمَّةِ وَأَمَّتِهَا وَجَمَاهِرُ عُلَمَائِهَا As for the two testimonies of faith The one who has the ability to say them the two testimonies of faith but he doesn't he doesn't say ashhadu an la ilaha illallah ashhadu anna muhammadar rasulullah then this person is considered to be a disbeliever because he's refusing to say the shahada and this person is a disbeliever inwardly and outwardly according to the early generations of this nation and its scholars because this statement of la ilaha illallah this is the pillar of islam this is the first pillar of the deen and this is something that has to be said and this is why the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he went to his uncle and said ya ammi qul la ilaha illallah say la ilaha illallah so it's not enough for a person just to believe inside but it's something that a person has to declare when he has the ability to do so. Yes. But that's something different. We're talking about when the person has the ability. Yes. And this is why the, the statement here is mentioned, Ma'al Qudra, with the ability. Because there may be circumstances where the person, due to fear, has to hide his Islam, 
for the safety of his life and the life of his family. But in a normal situation, when the person has the ability, like the Prophet's uncle, he had the ability to say, La ilaha illallah. Because remember, he was the one protecting the Muslims who said, La ilaha illallah. However, his refusal to say, La ilaha illallah, was due to him fearing the blame of his people. And that they would say about him that he got scared at the end of his life, so he changed his religion. This is what stopped Abu Talib from saying la ilaha illallah. It wasn't that he was fearful of his life, because if he was fearful for his life, then he wouldn't have protected those who said la ilaha illallah. But he refused and he chose to remain upon the religion of his father, Abdul Muttalib. So for that reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will punish him in the hereafter because he refused to say la ilaha illallah while having the ability to say la ilaha illallah. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Qayyim al-Jawziya, he says, وَأَجْمَعَ الْمُسْلِمُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْكَافِرِ إِذَا قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَىٰ اللَّهِ مُحَمَّدٌ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ فَقَدْ دَخَلَ الْإِسْلَامِ وَشَهِدَ بِشَهَادَةَ الْحَقِّ وَلَمْ يَتَوَقَّفْ إِسْلَامُهُ عَلَىٰ لَفْضِ الشَّهَادَةِ Shaykh al-Islam ibn Qayyim al-Jawziya rahimahullah, he says that the Muslims are in agreement that if the disbeliever says, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, he has entered into the fold of Islam. And he has testified to the testimony of truth. And his Islam is not based upon the wording of the Shahada alone. Meaning he has entered into the fold of Islam and now it's upon him to carry out the other aspects of the deen. But the point here, Barakallah Fikum, is that the testimony itself is what enters the person into the fold of Islam. So he is treated as a Muslim. And this is the reason why the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam reprimanded Usama bin Zayd radiallahu anhumah when they were in the battle and there was a man from amongst the, the non-Muslim forces who was striking down the Muslims in the battle. So Usama bin Zayd was going to go after him and as Usama bin Zayd got the upper hand upon him, the man said, La ilaha illallah. Usama bin Zayd struck him anyway and killed him. When this reached the Prophet wasallam, the Prophet asked him, you killed the man after he said, La ilaha illallah? So Usama bin Zayd radiallahu an, his excuse was, he only did it because he was afraid of the sword. The Prophet Sallallahu reprimanded Mu'adh and said, did you cut open his chest and look at his heart? Meaning to see whether he was being truthful or not. He said, what are you going to do with the statement of La ilaha illallah on Yom Qiyamah? And he said, the Prophet kept repeating this. To the point he wished he had not been Muslim except for that day. So here, the point is, once a person outwardly declares, La ilaha illallah, he is welcomed as a Muslim. As for what's in his heart, that's between him and Allah. Because we don't know. We don't know what's in the person's heart. It's possible 
that a person may say la ilaha illallah verbally, but it not be in the person's heart. Allah knows we don't know. So we have to go upon that what's apparent. The person made the declaration of faith, we accept the individual as a Muslim. As for Allah, Allah knows the person is not being sincere. So with Allah, he's not a Muslim. But if that individual goes throughout his life practicing outwardly as a Muslim, we have to treat the person like a Muslim, even though Allah knows the person is really not a Muslim. Because in the time of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, the hypocrites, they said La ilaha illallah, Muhammad or Rasulullah, and they were treated as Muslims. They were treated as Muslims. Except that the Prophet وسلم, had informed Hudayfa, Ibn Yaman radiallahu an, of the names of some of the hypocrites. So Umar ibn Khattab, he knew radiallahu an, that Hudayfa radiallahu an, he knew the secret of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu So he went to him and he said, I know you know the secret of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu I don't want to know who they are. I just want to know, did he mention me? amongst them. And Hudayfa, he said, no. And I will not confirm this for anyone else after you. So what the Sahaba used to do, when they, whenever there was a janazah, they would watch Hudayfa to see if Hudayfa would pray over the person. If Hudayfa didn't pray over the person, they would not pray over the person. Because Hudayfa has knowledge certainty as to who, who are those individuals who are not truly Muslims or the names of some of those individuals who are not truly Muslims. So Hudayfa was working off a revelation. But other than that, the hypocrite is unknown. The hypocrite is hidden. So we judge the person based upon what's apparent. The person is a Muslim, he said, La ilaha illallah, he come to the masjid, he prays, a Muslim and we treat the individual like a Muslim this statement of la ilaha illallah it consists of two matters anath wal ithbat negation and affirmation the negation is the negation of there being any true God who has the right to be worshipped. That's the negation. And the affirmation is that the worship is only for Allah. For Allah is the only true deity who has the right to be worshipped. As for those gods other than Allah, then they are false gods. And they do not have the right to be worshipped. As the word ilah has the meaning of ma'bud. And ilah is something or someone that is worshipped. So when it is stated, la ilaha, that there is no God, yani la ilaha, yani la ma'bud bihaq. That's what's intended. That anything that is worshipped besides Allah, then it does not have the right to be worshipped. For the ibadah is the right of Allah. As the Allah itself, that, that name, 
entails the true living God, the true living deity who has the right to be worshipped. As for the different gods in the Aliha, then they are false gods. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentioned, وَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ إِلَهًا آخَرٍ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّهُ and do not call on other gods or another god along with Allah, meaning because he is the true deity. And none has the right, and there is no deity that has the right to be worshipped except for him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the true deity. And as for the other deities that are in existence, then these deities are false deities. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came and he said, Ya qawmi, qulu la ilaha illallah tuflihu. Oh my people, say la ilaha illallah and you will be successful. Their response, Allah, he mentioned in Surah Al-Sad, Aja'ala al-aliha, does he, meaning he, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu does he make all of the gods to be just one god? Indeed, this is a strange thing. So when Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam called the people to la ilaha illallah, he was calling them to abandon all of the gods that they worship and only worship Allah alone. This is what's intended by La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah is not just a statement that a person makes, but there are, uh, there are matters that are connected to it. The practice that is a, that's connected to it, a belief that is connected to it. La ilaha illallah, although it was a statement we make verbally, but there are things we must carry out in our ibadah. So when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he called the people to la ilaha illallah, and he told them if they say it, they'll be successful. They responded by saying, does he make all of the gods to be only one God that is worshipped, indeed, this is a strange thing. Meaning by that, that they were accustomed to worshipping different gods. As we know, there were over 300 idols around the Kaaba that the people worshipped. And the people had gods for different occasions and different situations. And they would worship Allah along with these gods. They made these gods as partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah azza wa jal, he mentions, وَالَّذِينَ تَخَذُوا مِن دُونِهِ أَوْلِيَاءَ مَا نَعْبُدُهُمْ إِلَّا لِيُكَرِّبُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ زُلْفَى And those who take awliya besides Allah, they say, we only worship them, this is their excuse for worshiping other than Allah. We only worship them in order for them to get us closer to Allah. So this is one of the reasons why they had other gods that 
they will use these gods as intermediaries between them and Allah. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He rejected this. He did not allow this, even though that was their excuse. This excuse is not accepted. Because those deities, those gods that they worship besides Allah, they don't benefit nor do they harm them. As Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, وَيَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ مَا لَا يُدُرُّهُمْ وَلَا يَنْفَعُهُمْ وَيَكُولُونَ هَؤُلَاءَ شُفَعَاؤُنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ And that which they worship besides Allah, it does not harm them nor does it benefit them. Because Allah, He controls harm and benefit. And they say, these are our intercessors with Allah. So Allah Azza wa Jal has reprimanded them for worshipping other than Him, even though their excuse was that we are worshipping these other gods to get us closer to you, Allah. No, that's not acceptable. Because Allah Azza wa Jal is the only one who has the right to be worshipped. Why? Because Allah is the only one who created us. Allah is the only one who provides for us. Allah is the only one who has given life and will cause death. And other than that, from the affairs of the Lordship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah azza wa jal, he mentions, ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْحَقِّ وَأَنَّ مَا يَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ هُوَ الْبَاطِلِ That is because Allah, He is the truth. And that which they call on, meaning the other gods that they worship, and that which they call on besides him, it is falsehood. So all of the gods that are in existence, these gods are false gods. They're false. They are only called gods from the aspect of that they are worshipped. They are gods because they are worshipped. Only from that aspect, they are gods. But they are false gods. Allah Azza wa Jal is the only true deity. Because when he's worshipped, he's worshipped with right. Allah Azza wa Jal is entitled to all worship. As for these gods which they have made with their hands, or human beings who have been created, or other than that which they worship from the creation, these aspects or these things in creation did not create anything. The people as an example who worship statues, these statues were made by someone. What have these statues created in creation? In order for it to be said that it is a God to be worshipped. Allah Azza wa Jal is Al-Khalib, the creator. He has created everything in creation. So now Allah has the right to be worshipped for that reason. These statues which the people worship, what has it given life to? These statues which the people worship, what rain did these statues send down from the heavens into the earth to bring out the fruits and vegetation for the people to benefit from? These statues which are worshipped, which animals did these statues create that the people benefit from, whether from food or whether from clothing or whether for riding upon these, uh, these animals or plowing the lands and other than that which animals are used for which statue created these animals so that the statue can be entitled to the worship and without a doubt we know that no statue 
has created these animals or send down the rain. So for this reason, Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, Shahid Allahu annahu la ilaha illahu wal malaika wa ulul ilm qa'iman bil qist la ilaha illahu wal azizul hakim. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions that Allah, He testifies that none has the right to be worshipped except for Him. So Allah Himself is testifying to the fact that He alone is to be worshipped as well as the angels and those of knowledge. So those who truly have knowledge, then they know this fact. If a person is ignorant of la ilaha illallah, then this is the greatest type of ignorance. A person can be knowledgeable of science and technology and all of the modern affairs, but yet he's ignorant of the right of his Lord. This individual is considered to be ignorant. Yes, he has knowledge as it relates to the worldly issues, but the most important aspect of life he's ignorant of, and this is the greatest ignorance, that a person is ignorant of the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah, he mentions that he himself testifies that none has the right to be worshipped except for him. And the angels, they testify to this matter. As well as those who have knowledge. And Allah is the one who establishes the justice. None has the right to be worshipped except for him. He is the almighty and the all-wise. This statement of la ilaha illallah, it is the greatest statement. As Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, وَكَلِمَةُ الْعُلِيَا And the word of Allah, it is the uppermost. Ibn Abbas radiallahu an and other scholars of tafsir, they mention that the word of Allah, which is the uppermost, is la ilaha illallah. The word of Allah, which is the uppermost, is... The statement of La ilaha illallah. This statement of La ilaha illallah, it is the statement which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make the believers firm upon in the life of this world as well as in the hereafter. As Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, that Allah will make those who believe established with the established word in the life of this world as well as in the hereafter. And Allah will lead the wrongdoers astray, meaning He will not allow them to be established upon the statement of la ilaha illallah in the dunya or in the akhirah. And Allah, He does whatever He wants to do. So here Allah Azza wa Jal describes la ilaha illallah as being the established word. When a person says la ilaha illallah, he's upon the foundation. This is how serious this word is. So when we see that the Prophet says, I have been commanded to combat the people until they testify 
to la ilaha illallah, you see why is the matter is that serious. Because this word is the foundation. This word is the origin of the affairs as it relates to religion and the practice of the deen. Allah Azawajal, he mentions, La ikraha fid deen. Allah he says there's no compulsion in the religion. Meaning we cannot force people to say La ilaha illallah. But the Prophet he went against them until they testified on their own. So don't think that there's a contradiction between this verse and the hadith. The, the statement of the Prophet wasallam that he's been commanded to combat the people until they say la ilaha illallah. This doesn't mean to force the people to enter into Islam. Rather it means to go against them until they acknowledge and accept the truth. And this is what the Prophet wasallam did. So the Prophet... Uh, Allah Azza wa Jal He says there's no compulsion in the religion For the, the guidance Has been made clear from the misguidance Therefore whoever disbelieves In the false gods And believes in Allah He has grabbed hold to the firm handhold The firm handhold here Al-Urwat al-Wufqa Is la ilaha illallah That is the firm handhold Now, the next matter, Barakallahu Fikum, is that you have those who misinterpret the meaning of La ilaha illallah. Some have mentioned that La ilaha illallah means La khaliq illallah. That there is no creator except for Allah. And this is a mistake. Because the polytheists in the time of the Prophet Muhammad they believed that Allah was the creator. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has established in the Quran that the polytheists in the time of the Prophet they believed that Allah was the creator of the heavens and the earth as Allah mentioned if you ask them man khalaqa samawati wal ard what? Allah if you ask them who created the heavens and the earth they will say Allah so the polytheists believed that Allah was the creator. So the issue with the polytheists was not to get them to believe that Allah exists. Or to get them to believe that Allah alone uh, is the creator. They already believed that. The issue was them worshipping Allah alone. This was the problem between Prophet Muhammad wasallam and the polytheists of the Quraysh. The Prophet was not telling them to believe Allah exists. They already believed in Allah. Here's the proof they already believed in Allah. The story of the elephant. 
with Abraham. When Abraham came to destroy the Kaaba with the elephants. Abdul Muttalib and the people, they abandoned Mecca. Right? Because their homes were going to be destroyed. And then the issue was, well, what about the Kaaba? And he said, the Kaaba has a Lord who will defend it. This is the, the grandfather of the Prophet who was a polytheist. He worshipped gods. But when it came to the issue of the Kaaba, he referred the matter back to Allah alone. He said, the Kaaba has a Lord who will defend it. And we, we don't have no power to stop these elephants. But Allah has the power. So you see that they believed. Right? They believed that Allah existed. They believed, they believed that Allah has power. But when it came to worshipping Allah alone, this was the discrepancy. Because they did not worship Allah Azza wa Jal alone. Yes? No, they're polytheists, mushrikun. They're mushrikun. Because they make shirk with Allah, they make partners with Allah. And these gods that they had around the Kaaba and inside of the Kaaba and these images and the likes, Again, they worship them, thinking that these things will get them closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and thinking that this was the way of old. But the true way of old is the way of the prophets of old and not the people who oppose the prophets and the messengers. So that, the, so the interpretation, la khalik illallah, this is a mistake. Another interpretation is La ilaha mawjood illallah That there is no God that exists except for Allah This is also incorrect Other gods exist but they are false gods There are statues that, that are gods and, God, and we cover again Gods from the angle that they are worshipped This exists, we don't deny that However we say these gods are false gods Another interpretation is La hakim illallah There's no judge except for Allah When the Prophet ﷺ called the people to La ilaha illallah It had nothing to do with Allah being the judge It had everything to do with Allah being the one who is to be worshipped alone and this statement, La Hakim illallah, this is interpreted by those who have political agendas. So they use the statement of La ilaha illallah for political purposes. And this was not the goal and the aim of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then you have those who say, La mawjood illallah. That nothing exists except for Allah And this is uh, a serious a heresy in the religion Because that means that Allah is everything And everything is Allah And they use uh, this interpretation For the statement of Allah Qulhu Allahu ahad Say he Allah is one And they say the meaning is that La haqiqa illa haqiqatu there is no reality except for Allah's reality. It's meaning that nothing actually exists. 
The only reality that there is, is, is Allah's reality. So that means that everything is Allah and Allah is everything. And this without a doubt is a matter of a disbelief in the deen. As the Prophet Sallallahu did not believe this. The next matter, Barakallahu Fikum. Is that the statement of La ilaha illallah? There are conditions that must be adhered to. And these conditions are found in the text. And they are eight in number. The first condition is knowledge, al ilm. And then you have al-yaqeen, certainty. And also you have al-qubul, acceptance. You have al-inqiyat, adherence. You have al-sidq, truthfulness. You have al-ikhlas, sincerity. Have al mahabba love, and also you have al kufr bi kulli ma yu'bad min dunillah. Disbelief in everything that is worshipped besides Allah. So these are the eight conditions of la ilaha illallah. And there are proofs and evidences for each condition, and we will cover this in the next class. Bi'ithnillahi ta'ala, wa subhanakallahu wa bihamdik, ashadu an la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk.